And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday, Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one, drawing closer to the King of Kings and glorifying his name. First... If you return, then he will be your gold and silver. This is a hidden gem in the book of Job. We can have moments where we drift a little. And no, we don't uh, have to, uh, but we sin. It does happen. We drift. And we have an advocate when we do that. It's Jesus Christ the righteous, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. This gem is what happens when we turn or re-return to the Lord. Whoa, these riches that are being presented to us are beyond belief. Next, help him, Lord. The same picture is painted in the New Testament Jesus by Jesus when he offered the third commandment. He said, my children, I will be with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you genuinely love one another. And finally, he controls my destiny. I want to say that again. He controls my destiny. Remember the quality of God. God is in the driver's seat regarding our purpose, our prudence, and our future. He has us in his hands. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us directly. What? It's like a telephone. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you make that call, you'll end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. Uh, talking to Dynamite D is like the feeling that you have a day off and you don't have any chores or anything to do. Your only job, ready, is to chillax. That's lovely. <laughs> I love those days. What do you got to do today? Nada. <laughs> I got I to gotta watch that paint dry. <laughs> got to make sure it just dries where it is. Then I'm going to go watch the grass grow. <laughs> 
Here it is. Maybe you've got a uh, praise report. Maybe you've got a prayer request. Maybe you've got something you just want to share the Lord's put on your heart. The idea here is to encourage one another as we see the day of the Lord and his return getting closer and closer. And I'm pretty sure everybody will be on board with me saying, man, it is pretty close. So the idea behind this is we want to be able to hear a trumpet and go, out we go. But until we do, or until we're called individually, we need to keep pushing forward, advancing the kingdom. We need to occupy until he comes. And so we encourage you to bless one another, to encourage one another, to strengthen one another, to grow together in the faith. And just like we said, Jesus said, by your love for one another, all men will know you're my disciples. Not just a love, but the same love that Jesus offered, that love. That's what he said to walk in. Here's your trivia question for those who are prepared for it. To whom did Jesus say, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? To whom did he say that to? If you think you know the answer, 214-210-848. Was it? Two, what do we call it? Whoops. See? Got that all messed up. Is it Monday? It's got to be Monday, it's right? Monday, Dave. Okay. I get, I, get a, I get a mulligan. I'm taking a mulligan. You called 972-445-0770. That's what you call. Oh. You text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So somebody is calling in, and we'll give them a chance to answer. I do want to tell everybody, make sure that you guys are on board, the new app, even for Apple, is in the Apple Store. The name of the app is He Must Increase. He must increase. Now, let me say a couple things before you get the app, if you're going to switch out. It is not the most brilliant app, okay? Because it did not cost the most brilliant amount of money. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great way to put it, Dave. <laughs> it's very simple to navigate. It's very easy, very fun. Doesn't take up a lot of space. Doesn't cost anything. But it's cool. And if you want it on your phone, you can have either the Apple or the Android app under He Must Increase. Okay. Very simple to navigate as well. Yeah. You gotta, it's got to be that way or I'm going to be going, huh? What do I push next? All right. Somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? Um, pretty good, Gary. I uh, I decided to take yesterday off. I worked really hard on Saturday, but then my knee was starting to hurt, so I took yesterday off thinking, don't want to push it. And ended up just having a nice chillax day. And uh, every once in a while, I think I forget, you know what? It's okay to take the Sabbath day and do nothing. And so that's what I did. So I feel a little bit refreshed, I think, from that. So I appreciate you asking me that. All right. And how about the uh, problem with your the uh, nod on your hand? Well, <laughs> uh, that so, so now we've it's moved to that level where we do call it my extra brain. Because <laughs> it's pumping up. And we are going to have to have the surgery, so we're just trying to determine the time, and they're trying to work it all out. And it's not a big – it's not super 
Uh, I don't want to. It's not like an invasive surgery like my leg was. Okay, and I, actually, I was my brother and I talked about. It. I said, look, after that leg surgery, you got to go into the next highest lean. <laughs> it's like that was a bad surgery. So this is just knock me out, cut it open, pull it out, get the roots kind of thing. So I just need the wisdom as to know what time because of the speaking events and stuff. So please keep praying for me about that. And maybe the Lord will, before it's supposed to happen, maybe the Lord will just take it. Which would be so okay, cool. I prayed for all of you yesterday, and I'll continue to pray for you. Thank you, brother. And we're not going to stop praying for you either. It's really important okay. to all of us. All right. So to whom did Jesus say, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Judas. That is correct, Amanda, sir! Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot, Luke 22, 47, 48. And you know, it's like that, it's amazing because something that seems so loving and like adoring or respectful was turned into something most evil. And it's like, wow, that's terrible. Excellent job, Gary. You always do a fabulous job, and we love you, and we just appreciate you, brother. Okay, thank you, and I'll continue to pray for you, and God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. All right, awesome, Brother Gary. Love it, love it, love it. Let's get into this text. You better be ready for this. This is some—I I, I can't preach this anywhere near its value, just so you can know. And so you know how you, last week we did Friday was a lot of intense, like, teaching. And then this first 30 minutes, a lot of teaching. Here we're, here we're going to go into this. I love this. This was not pre-planned, like this, or not, not planned afterwards. It's just part of my process. Did this several weeks ago when I put these notes down. Here's what it says in Job. We're in chapter 23, and I just I just love verse 23. Chapter 23, verse 23. If you return to the Almighty and clean up your life, you will be restored. Give up your lust for money and throw your precious gold in the river. Then the Almighty himself will be your treasure he will be your precious gold, your precious silver, sorry. and gold, by the way. Here's the thing, okay? And I want to deviate on purpose because of this text. There's something just some, so rich about this, okay? So this is uh, Eliphaz who's made these comments. And he's, they're all, remember, they're all operating on the wrong assumption, and nobody's arguing that point. They're all thinking Job did something bad. He didn't do something bad. Job is thinking God did something bad. Job's wrong. They're all wrong, but they're still dropping every once in a while little, little nuggets of brilliance and truth. And sometimes even when I get to share, <clears throat> and I'm doing a teaching, sometimes a little nugget comes out for something that's almost unrelated or whatever, and it's just like, oh, well, that was really good. That was worth listening to. Here's this portion here that I just absolutely love. If you return, then he will be your silver. This is what I would call a definite hidden gem because there are times where you walk and I walk, and we don't always walk up to the par that we know we can. In fact, when you have a fail and you're discouraged about it, it's probably one of the best indicators in the world that you're a Christian because if you didn't care, then it would be very suspect on whether you are a Christian or not. I do something stupid. I say something wrong. I do something wrong. I function in something wrong. And guess I, I function even in spiritualizing it. I function out of fear versus faith. Or I just do something that's stupid. Or I just have a bad thing come out of my mouth. Right? It does happen to me. 
Just letting you know. I, if you're looking for perfect teacher, you better change the channel now because you ain't got one. Okay? Not perfect teacher living in redemption? Uh, now you can hang out. You can hang out with me. And here's what Jesus does. He's our advocate. If we do sin, John says, we have an advocate. An advocate's a defense attorney. He's the one that defends you. We have an advocate in Jesus Christ. That's a, such a huge element. We don't have to sin. So just put that to bed. No, you don't. If you can walk in perfect fellowship with God, you won't sin. But we often fail short of that. Or fall short of that. And in doing that, we have Jesus come to our defense. But what, what Eliphaz talks about here is that if you return to the Lord, instead of making money the pursuit, instead of making treasures the pursuit, instead of making the worldly things that they declare are important the pursuit, if you turn to the Almighty, he himself will be your treasure. Greater than any gold or silver, greater than any relationship, greater than any person, greater than any health issue. I'm just being honest. If you make God your chief pursuit in life, you will reap the treasures of him being more important, more helpful, more graceful, more merciful than any other thing you could possibly imagine. When you know the kindness of God as you are walking on this earth, you are walking on a whole nother level. And that level is understanding that true treasure is God himself. Not what God gives you, but how God loves you. You see, I don't, you know, I have a lot of good things that I'll do and a lot of good things that I'll say. But there's a lot of things in me that are unlovable. And yet God pushes past and loves me anyway. It's not that he doesn't know my faults. I mean, I love Noel. She's like the best, right? She doesn't know every one of my faults. God knows every single fault and loves me anyway. That's better than gold. That's better than silver. That's why the Levites, their portion was the Lord. Because those who love the Lord, are committed to the Lord, understand that he is the reward for all of us. Get that? Oh. I love stuff. I just teach on this all day. All right, can't do that. All right, take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. 
By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? John 7, 24, stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. That's all. That's all good. From 1 Corinthians 6, 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? You can't say Christians can't judge. They're commanded to. Here it is right here. Ready? Here's the bowling ball knocking down the pins. Every day as Christians, we have to judge what is appropriate, proper, healthy, and useful. Also, what people, what people we believe we should hang out with, trust, believe in, or let influence, we have to judge that on a regular basis. When you choose your church, you're using your judgment abilities. Bazinga. 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 I love that. Because listen, when you're choosing your church, you have to decide to pick one over another. Oh, here's the key. <laughs> you're going to hate me. Ready? Here it is. If we have no ability to judge, we can't vote. Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. Amazing grace. How sweet. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where your host gave you the wrong verse. I, it was the right verse. I just gave you the wrong address. So some of you are like going, what? Where, where is he in that one? It wasn't chapter 23, verse 23. It was chapter 22, verse 23. In the NIV, it says, if you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of over to the rocks of the ravines, then the Almighty will be your gold. The choice is silver for you. So it was the right message. I just gave you the wrong address. It happens, Dave. <laughs> Lord. Yeah, sitting there going, wait a minute, chapter 23 is coming around the corner. And what? I looked at it, Dave. I was like, I don't see this, but I just didn't say anything. Yeah, no, and that's, I do that a lot. And and here's why. I'm going to show it to, to D. You guys can't see it, but see, this is why. Because it's like I just got lost in this little mappy thing that I created. So when I write notes, I do colors and lines and all this other stuff, right? And then I'll uh, copy it off of the Bible into a, a photograph or a, a, just a regular copy from the printer. And then I write all over that, and then you can't read it. 
So that was my fault, so I apologize. That was chapter 22. Holy vey. And then verse 23, 24, 25. Okay? All right. Just right. I'm just letting everybody know. David doth error. That's all right. Okay. Uh, trivia question. Here we go. When Cain killed Abel and God spoke to him, what was the first question that God asked Cain? When Cain killed Abel and God spoke to him, what was the first question that God asked Cain? That would be the question. If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at hemustincrease.org. Now, it is a fact that for the last two shows, we've not done a lot of our jokes <laughs> going to change that right now because Monday is fun day. So here we go. You ready for the jokes? All right, here's the first one. All right. A hound dog and a Dalmatian were sitting in an Internet cafe. The Dalmatian said to the hound, hound dog, hey, check out my website. The hound dog asked for the address, and the Dalmatian responded, because he's got so many spots and dots. Okay, come on, people. All right. What do you call a story told by a giraffe? A tall tale. Oh, no, you didn't. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, I think we did this one before. Why are frogs so happy? Did we do this one? I can't remember. We didn't. We didn't. All right. Why are frogs so happy? They eat. They eat whatever bugs them. Well, that's a good. No, one. that's not going to do it. Yeah, right. That didn't do it. Uh, okay. And then uh, last one is the fleas, and then we'll just bury these jokes. I guess we we can understand why these jokes get buried. Uh, what does uh? I'm sorry. Uh, two fleas were walking out of the theater when they discovered it was raining hard. Shall we walk? Said one flea. No, the other. Let's take a dog. No. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't say it was perfect. Okay. All right. Did somebody call in and answer a trivia question? And then get disconnected like Samson? Well, they called in, and I think we were doing the jokes, and they started laughing, and they went there. So <laughs> if they can give us a call back. Okay. All right, call back on the trivia. Hey, if they laughed at a joke, I'm impressed. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. You know, I'm just like, what does the frog say when they file bankruptcy? What? What? Baroque. 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 Okay. Uh, here's your triv question. And then if you can get this right, uh, you can save everybody from this uh, particular segment. When Cain killed Abel and spoke to him, what was the first question that God asked Cain? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I'm going to read the rest of chapter 22 in the book of Job. I'm going to read it out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. For those who have a different translation, that's okie-dokie. But I want you to see something that's pretty cool. Uh, and I think pretty important, okay? All right. Uh, so this is right after we find out that God will be our treasure. He'll be our precious silver, okay? All right. 
Okay, so a new person has caught on to the lingo <laughs> of how we ask things. That was a brilliant way to say that. I'm just going to say that. All right. Uh, then you will delight in yourself and the all. Uh, you will delight yourself in the Almighty and look up to God. You will pray to Him and He will hear you, and you will fulfill your vows to Him. Whatever you decide to do will be accomplished. The light will shine on the road ahead of you. If someone is brought low and you pray, help him up, God. God will save him because he's downcast. Then even sinners will be rescued by your pure hands. Okay, so what's being said is, look, if you make this turn to the Lord, if you make this decision that you're like, you know what, I am I'm absolutely living for money, I'm absolutely living for pleasure, I'm absolutely living for a very selfish, self-centered approach, I'm doing this because I, you know, I'm not smart enough to figure out, or I, I, I keep thinking I can solve my own issues, I can be my own solutions, and the whole premise of the text is, prior to this is you are needing to repent and turn to God. And one thing that uh, Eliphaz says that's really good is he goes, look, if you turn to God, if you really make that decision and you pray to him and you turn to him, he's going to hear you. Now, this is an important part right here. When you turn to the Lord, he's going to have you grow in, in, in your Christian walk. But when you are genuine and sincere and you turn to the Lord, he hears you. When you are sorry, and I'm not just saying the amount of sorrow or the amount of response. I'm just saying if it's real in you and you know it's real, God responds to that. He loves when his kids are, uh, what's the word I want to use? open, honest, truthful. When I when I was involved in, in drugs and I prayed that the Lord would deliver me, I told you, I've told you many times, and I, I don't care. People are like, well, you shouldn't say it. I was like, no, this is exactly what you should say. When I turned to the Lord, I said, look, I've been on this planet for a short time, and I like getting high. I can't, I, I, you can take that out of me. And if you do, then I won't do it anymore. That's the prayer he answered. And he took it out of me. I was like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. God answered the prayer. And so then what Eliphaz does go on to say is, look, if you get to that place where you have humbled yourself before the Lord, if you put yourself in that position, then the things that you are seeking to accomplish, the Lord will help you accomplish. You will become a light for some people who are in darkness. And if when you pray for another person, help him up, God, that prayer will be answered. Now, notice it doesn't say, when you turn to the Lord and then you pray, add five more zeros to my bank account, God. You know, it doesn't say any of that. It says, when you're praying for somebody else, and you say, help him, God. God will save that person who's downcast. And so that, there's, a, there's a prayer power that takes place with humility. I know you're thinking, but... But no, listen, here's the real part of the Christian walk. You be real with God. Always. Good, bad, and indifferent. And he will always respond to you. You just be real. Don't lie about it. Don't sit there and say, you know, don't sit there and say, oh, I hate the way I feel about this. I, if you don't hate the way you feel about it, don't say that. 
it's, it's all I'm saying. Just be so honest, so real. Because the more real you are, the more response you will get from God. And it's just like, just come forward, just lay it out there. You know, I mean, I, 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 uh, I, I'll share a little bit. <laughs> Got to be careful, right? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. That transparency, Dave, it's so powerful. I think we try to hide ourselves as if we even can, but once you really be open and honest with God, I think the Father really loves that. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly, exactly correct. See exactly what D said. It's that that transparency that you come before the Lord. So. One of the things that I'll say to people is, I'll just tell you. So one of the things I say to people is, uh, you know, not when I'm when I'm praying. I say it to people, oh, I don't I don't mind that they've you know ruined sports because they've made all these woke things and all these different things. Well, who cares? I'll just watch Green Acres, right? But I hate that they did it, and it bothers the snot out of me. And I wish they didn't ruin sports because I love sports. Now I can't watch half the sports or three quarters of the sports because they're all you know culturally poisoned and it's ridiculous it's like when i talk to the lord i just say please bring it back because <laughs> it's like i don't want anything to do with that stuff and i'm not going to connect to it and it bums me out but sometimes, that's real dave huh like, that's real dave because yeah. it's so political now yeah it's so ridiculous it like used and, to. And, and sports used to be an enemy it used to be an escape it wasn't even a bad escape so they're playing hockey with a stick and a puck come on but now they ruined it I don't like them. I'm not taking any of them out to lunch. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Leave it there. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, here it is. When Cain killed Abel and God spoke to him, what was the first question that God asked Cain? And you all got it right, but I'm going to use the new person's response because I thought it was the best. Where is your bro? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, welcome to the show. You got it very well. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Our words will justify us or condemn us. And we understand our words will justify us or condemn us because they reveal our hearts. So therefore, in conclusion, that our words justify us or condemn us because they reveal our hearts, we need to remember and operate and function, if, and function in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, which says this. And actually, you can even look at verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5.19. Uh, sing and make music in, the, in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know that by your words you're justified and condemned, because you know they reveal your heart, you ought to make sure that you follow the scriptures that Paul commands us to follow, and you ought to be being thankful in everything. You ought to be being thankful in everything. And if you are thankful in everything, that will be a part of your verbalization or your speech, and that will be a revelation as to what's in your heart. Are you a thankful Christian? For everything. And you say, well, Dave, I'm thankful that he saved me, but I'm going through this trial and I don't like it. I'm not so thankful for the trial. And I say, I understand. I understand that. 
Uh, again, not a new revelation coming right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells you the ticket, the method, the system by which you can be thankful in everything. Are you mean I should be thankful in a divorce proceeding? I should be thankful that my brother is a drug addict? I should be thankful that I'm going bankrupt? I should be thankful that these terrible things are happening? Or that I should be thankful that I can't sleep? No, I think you should read Romans 8, 28 with me and respond to this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So I think the answer is, can you be thankful in all those things? Yes. For going through a divorce? No. But that God is going to work into your lives good things through this process? Absolutely. If you don't believe that God is going to work things that are good into your lives in your trial, you don't believe anything he says. Because one of the greatest premises that Jesus laid down is, and I, and I caught this just earlier this week, let not your hearts be troubled. There will be trouble in the world. I've overcome the world. It's like, but Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, as though we had a choice. We do. We do. And we should be thankful in all of it while we're going through for the actual drug addiction. No, but that God's not going to give up on the person. He's going to work good out of it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I'm going to ask Aunt Deb to make sure she downloads that app off of Apple, make sure it works. I need you need your feedback, but I think it's up there. Uh, we got to do our next trivia question plus a whole bunch of other stuff. So let's do this. Little, little, little tougher. Uh, not too bad, but a little tougher. When Elijah's servant went to look for a cloud the seventh time, he saw one. What did he describe it as to Elijah? What did he describe it as? That's a good trivia question, right? Yep. If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. That would be the number to call. 214-210-8483. That would be the number to text. And then David at hemustincrease.org. That would be the email that you would use. going to send you up to the website. Uh, we do have somebody calling in, but I am going to remind you of a couple of things. On the website is the praise and prayer uh, report or requests. So if you have something you want prayer for or don't want anybody to know it, that's a good place to do it. If you want people to know but you don't want to do it on the radio, that's a good place to do it. Same thing on the praise side of things. you got something you want to acknowledge the Lord in, but you don't want to do it on the radio, no problem. If you want us to do it for you on the radio, no problem. It's all right there. Super easy. Just, you know, just follow the little prompts. Not that difficult at all. Plus, we always encourage people about money because we need money to keep the ministry going. It's just not, not any more complex than that. If you give us uh, a, you know, a donation, we appreciate that. You'll get something at the end of the year, but you're not going to get a Lamborghini for it. Now, God might give you a Lamborghini separate from that. It's just not because of that. Okay? He might give you something. I don't know. It's between you and God. But we're not giving you a Lamborghini, I can tell you that. <laughs> Check out hemustincrease.org. 
prayer request. Hemosincrease.org. Praise report. Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemosincrease.org. Hemosincrease.org. <laughs> That's not their Lamborghini, is it? <laughs> That'd be one if we gave it to you. <laughs> That's right. You get one for us, that'd be a... If we sent you a Matchbox Lamborghini and you opened it, that's the sound it would make. <laughs> All right, somebody's ready to answer the trivia question. Send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Brother Don. Hey, Brother Don. How are you? How are you? Well, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I gotta have that little surgery on my head again, so I'm not ecstatic um, about yeah. that. But anyway, you're gonna do. yeah, mm. too many brains. <laughs> I'm going with that. <laughs> All right. All right, my brother. Here we go. When Elijah's servant went to look for a cloud the seventh time, he saw one. But what did he describe it as to Elijah? I'll never forget this answer because my uncle, gosh, 30 years ago, once was a school, he was a Sunday school teacher in a real small town in, in uh, Texas. And he said, and he was telling us about the size of a fist. <laughs> that is correct, Amanda! <laughs> and, and I have remembered that ever since then. Right, it's, it's, he used to hold that fist out. Yeah, and it could be either a fist the size of a hand, man's hand. Any of those things would be work because the translations right. are different. But right. it, so you just think about that. So he goes there six times. There's nothing, right? The seventh time right. he sees something, but it's so small. It's like uh, well, there was like this little, you know, like little like puff little cloud thingy the size of a man's hand, and it's like Elijah's like that's it. <laughs> We're there. It's just like, <laughs> wow, how you got well, that you, out of that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You you also asked a question about the uh, about the food. Yeah, yep, the pulse. And, right. and uh, my uncle taught us also what the word pulse meant. And uh, pulse meant seeds. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I remember you I said like that. It. I mentioned Pulse, but then I didn't. I forgot to use your definition. Yeah, you did. Good. Yeah. Good job, brother. Yeah, you did, brother. All right. <laughs> I'm hearing you. All right. Thank you. God bless you. You too. God bless, bro. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, uh, we'll have to do history in the next one uh, just because of time constraints. I don't know how this show – it does buzz along, doesn't it? It's it buzz along, and I don't see how we got behind. Yeah. I don't know what happens. You know, I have really good organizational skills until I get on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. Then it just like goes, what happened? Anyway, all right. Uh, here's something. You can talk about loving something. So we're into the Job now responding to Eliphaz. You know, they're going back and forth. And remember, I'm just trying to tell you, remember, in this going back and forth, you guys should should read this. There's some pretty uh, challenging uh, things that they say to one another and uh, and they insult one another. <laughs> they kind of go after each other, kind of gnash on each other with their teeth a little bit. But uh, I do want to put up this this one thing because I, I think this is a fantastic element. In Job 23, 
In Job 23, okay, in verse 9, it says this, I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I turn to the south, I cannot find him. Verse 10, but he knows where I am going. And he has tested me like gold in a fire. And when he has tested me like gold in a fire, he will pronounce me innocent. Now, I just want to pick up on that one line. I know it's just one line, but see, this is the thing for me in the walk that makes the walk cooler or better or strengthening or more sustainable. God knows where I'm going. I don't see him always when I go east and when I go west and when I go north and when I go south. But he knows where I'm going. In fact, Isaiah 46, 19 says he knows the beginning from the end, which means that God is not stuck in this linear process like we are. He is the A to Z. His eyes are upon us always, which is a good example of what the Revelation eyes could make reference to him all-knowing, seeing everything. But the biggest part about this is that God knows where you're going, even when you don't. So I was talking to uh, uh, Brother Jesse the other day on the phone. One of the things that that came up was, you know, you don't want to be so far behind the Lord that you can can barely see him. You don't want to be too far ahead of him because you won't be able to see him then. You got to be in closer proximity because... He knows where you're going. He's been there before you have. You might not know what is around the corner, but you can know who is around the corner, and he who is around the corner already sees the corner. You don't. I've told this. I love this story. My brother was just laughing when we covered this one of the last times we talked. My parents used to go to Acapulco, uh, so you know, snowbirds. So we'd be in Detroit. Remember, my dad was loaded. And then we'd fly down and stay at the nice hotels. And, you know, Lori would get a room. Billy and I would share a room. My mom and dad would have a room. So those three rooms and never, never cheap. Let's <laughs> put that way. Never cheap, right? So one time we had a, I had a friend of mine in the neighborhood go and stay at another hotel uh the so we were at the hilton he was at the princess and so uh they said hey why don't you guys have like a little get together and so they put me in a cab i'm not kidding you in acapulco in the cab and they sent me from that hotel to the princess hotel if you know anything about how acapulco was you know 50 years ago it was a lot cleaner and simpler there wasn't the issues whatever the case may be but one of the things that they do is when they're driving around the corner and they can't see you know how we're very careful you drive around the corner and you kind of stay tight to the mountain because you can't see what's going on or whatever they don't do that (laughs) so there's a car in front of them and they want to get there ahead of it and you're in a cab and you're uh, 10 years old hey they go into the other lane where you cannot see they punch the car past the car that they're going past. And uh, that's the best example I could ever share with you about not knowing what's around the corner. <laughs> Talking about being scared. I even said to the guy, are you supposed to do that? <laughs> I'm a kid, right? But even I, I'm smart enough to go, that doesn't seem wise, right? I'm not a complete idiot, right? But the point is, God is already there around the corner. He already sees it. He knows where you're going. You don't always know where you're going. And I acknowledge that. In fact, some of us are are in a part of our journey where we have not a clue what comes next. But it still comes next in the hand of God.
I mean, he's he didn't go to Pluto. He's not visiting Alpha Centauri. He's right with you. He has never left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you go through that with him. You don't see him in the east, west, north, and south always. But he is always there. Because not only does he know everything, but he's, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And everywhere you are, he is. Okay? All right. Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no baloney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. The deterioration of the ecosystem, or creation itself, is definitely the result of man. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, Romans chapter 8, verse 19 through 21. I just read the scriptures. I don't need anything else. The Bible says this, the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Creation itself is longing for the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, and until that takes place, it is on a collision course down. The result of the ecosystem or creation itself crashing is a result of man's sin in the garden. So when they say, oh, well, it's not man-made— Oh, yes, it is. Of course it's man-made. It's because we messed up in the garden. But I wasn't with Adam and Eve. You were in the person of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to use it, you were in the life-giving force of Adam and Eve. And if you want me to really say it, you were in the loins of Adam and Eve. You were there, too. They stuck their fist up to God and said, nope. (laughs) And God went, okie dokie, here's the result. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Getting ready for our last trivia question. You guys should get this one right away. Here we go. Who was Jesus speaking to when he said, Who do you say that I am? Who was Jesus speaking to when he said, who do you say that I am? Now, this precedes one of the biggest moments in the book of Matthew, so you guys should know this. That's a nice way of saying that. Okay, here we go. In the meantime, if you think you know the answer, take a sip of tea, sorry. And I'm using the tea that Joanne and Cordelia bought me. Thank you, girls. Uh, 972-445-0770. You can also text... 214-210-8483 214-210-8483 or send an email david at he must org. who did jesus say who was he talking to when he said who do you say that i am who was he saying that to he said that to somebody who did he say that to if you think you know you can reach out to us in the meantime we're going to do our hiss toe let's go All right, so I uh, got somebody calling in, so that's good. Uh, I will give you uh, what today's okay, history is. There's a couple of things that seem a little bit goofy. Uh, today is No Socks Day. <laughs> I don't know what to do. You know, No Socks, really? Okay. Uh, it is also Have a Coke Day, since today was the day in 1886 that Coca-Cola was invented. And yes, it had more stuff in it back then than you want to admit. Is that why, why it's named that or something else? A little bit. <laughs> back, it's so funny because they're all like, oh, well, uh, all those drug, enha- drug enhancements that the MLA, the Major League Baseball players are playing, they all drank they all drank Coke in the first 15, 20 years. Okay. <laughs> Just National Coconut Cream Pie today. Oh, I I love you. Do you like coconut? Uh, coconut cream pie sounds pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I'm one of those guys that thinks it's great. All right. Uh, 1941, Paramount Pictures is formed. And then last, 1858 on this day, Abraham Lincoln used the moon to defend his client. And what is considered his most famous case, the lawyer and future president used the moon to defend Duff Armstrong, who was accused of murdering James uh, Preston Metzger on August 29th. Lincoln had been a friend of Armstrong's, and he testified. uh, Lincoln asked Alan how he could identify Armstrong in the middle of the night from that distance. Alan claimed he could see by the light of the full moon, but it turns out that he was lying because there was no full moon. Wow, pretty good. (laughs) Sneaky, right? Okay. Uh, somebody ready to answer a trivia question? Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello. Hello. Am I there? Yeah. You're am right I here? here. You're right on. You're on. You're live. You're, you're doing it. Excellent. All right. You ready for this one? You ready for this trivia question? I think so. All right. I know you're going to get there. If not, we'll do it together, but you'll get there. Who was Jesus speaking to when he said, and who do you say that I am? I would say that was Simon Peter. And the rest of saying, them? 
And the rest of them, oh. too? That would be correct Mundo, sir! Awesome. So it was directly to Simon Peter, but it was also to the group. So it would be the disciples would be oh. the right answer, but it would also be specifically to Peter. Peter is just the one that emerged with the thou art the Christ, the son of the, the living Christ, God. The son of the living God. Right. In the, right. <laughs> best moments. Probably one of the best moments in the New Testament is like, here it is. This is what it's about. Can you make, who do you say? Thou art the Christ. And then he said this. I love this. You are blessed just because you know that. Blessed art thou, yeah. for, for, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Oh, that's so good. It's like, oh, that means God did. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Excellent. You get the doesn't it? <laughs> Excellent job. Thank you so much for calling in. We greatly appreciate it. Yes, sir. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Fantastic job. Excellent. All right. And we're rolling, rolling. We got four minutes left. We got to hurry up. <laughs> what happened? Long bad day. Okay. All right. Let's just finish off the rest of this little. I just want to do this one other line. It's just on top of that one line we just talked about. But it's a pretty good line. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. So here's what it says. Uh, uh, verse uh, 13 of chapter 23. See, I'm trying to get this right now. 13 of 23 says this. Nevertheless, his mind concerning me remains unchanged, and who can turn him from his purposes? Whatever he wants to do, he does. That's a good line right there. Whatever he wants to do, he does. So he will do for me all he has planned. He controls my destiny. All right, so it's important to understand the difference between the human perspective and the divine perspective, okay? Let me explain something to you. God, when he's doing something, is not rolling dice, okay? You know how you get to a corner and you got to turn left or right and you got to make a decision and you're trying to figure out which way is the right way? God is never going, gee, which way is the right way? That is not happening. God knows exactly what's going on. And in fact, he knows exactly what's going on with you. And in fact, to a large degree, God controls your destiny. Do you know your destiny? You know. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't know some of the things that the Lord wants to do in your life. Nobody said that. doesn't mean that you don't get a handle on it from time to know. But you do not have the knowledge that the Most High has. And he knows exactly where you're heading and what's going to happen. And in fact, one of the most important elements of our trust in God is to trust the quality of God. Do you think God is good to you? Do you think God is great to you? Because if you believe God is good to you and God is great to you, then there's no fear in knowing that he has at the ultimate hand control of what you will or won't be heading into. And it's superbly important for us to get this. Ready? And you guys, we, we talk about it all the time, but how important is this? I use this every single day in my prayers. Not failing at all. Listen, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. It's like that's what you need. Because you know what? He does know where you're heading. He does know 
what you're heading into. In fact, I want to close this with prayer for some people. So let's just pray real fast. Father, I come before you right now. We just worship and praise you. We acknowledge you. You're so great. Your goodness is so much better than we are. We don't deserve the goodness that you pour out upon us. And I know there's some people listening, Lord, and they're frustrated because they don't know what these next steps are. They don't know what they're supposed to do. And that, Lord, is when they need to lean into you the most. Not on their own understanding, but on your goodness, your graciousness, your kindness. You have proven yourself to be faithful and true. And I just ask you to surround these people with a peace that passes all understanding so they can say, stay steadfast in you. Guide your people. Encourage your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.